I'm Caddy. And I'm Bailey. Welcome to Yeah, a show where we talk about young adult lit and what it can teach us at any age. This is our book club and you're invited. Yeah! We'd like to take this time to acknowledge that the studio where we record is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands that we occupy are not our own and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. We encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land that you live on and the Indigenous communities of that area. So folks... We're kicking it old school this week. We are. We're, we're, we're jumping in the time machine. Bailey and I are jumping in that time machine and floating back all the way to 1982. Yeah. Think yeah. wide shoulders. Think big bouffant hair. Think kitten heels. What a time. Um, and we read this week, uh, Annie on my mind, uh, by Nancy Garden, classic sapphic YA novel. Yes. <laughs> so my first question for you, Caddy, is had you read this book before? I had never heard of this book okay. prior to our production meeting. So growing up in the French world, there, like, there was none of this. I did mm-hmm. not know that there was this wonderful little nugget of sapphicness and lesbian lesbianity. I like mm-hmm. that. I've invented it. We're, we're using it um, <laughs> out in the ether. I know I'd never heard of this book and um, it was kind of a, for me, it was kind of a, an interesting introduction into the world of the queers of the eighties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a very different history with this book, which Ooh. is this is the first queer book I ever read. Stop it. Yeah, this was like when I was like first like figuring myself out in like my late teens, early 20s. I can't remember exactly when. And I was like looking up lesbian fiction. This was this was the first book that like the Internet, I guess, presented to me. Um, and th- this is this is like the first gay book I read. This is really cool. So this is part of your queer canon. Yeah, it's very interesting. I was like, I definitely want to be on this episode because I have not read it since then either. Like I read it at like probably like 20 ish, mm-hmm. which is like around when I was like figuring stuff out and coming out um, and not since. So, so is it, well, I mean this week I read it, but <laughs> between then nothing. So it's, yeah, it's interesting. I'm excited to talk about it. Oh, this is so cool. So these are really uh, very different perspectives. I look forward to seeing Mm -hmm. how we, uh, where the the chips fall, as they may, uh, Mm -hmm. about our opinions on the book. Do you want to give us a little rundown on uh, the story? Yeah, absolutely. So it follows, uh, the main protagonist, her name is Eliza, and uh, her romantic interest is, as the title would suggest, named Annie. So two teenagers in New York in the early 80s, and it is told, the novel is told to us sort of through a series of flashbacks that are interspersed with, like, sad, wistful, regretful pining, 
and attempting to write letters that Liza intends to never send. So you know right like right from the beginning of the book, it is set up that this is something that happened and these two characters are now not together. And Liza is thinking about that and having a lot of feelings and also um, sort of remembering and then telling us, the reader, the story of how she met Annie and and sort of everything that happened with the two of them. So these two girls meet, um, they sort of develop this very intense friendship and then realize that they have feelings for one another um, and then are sort of navigating that along with sort of a very repressive um, and uh, pressurized schooling environment on Liza's part at the very least. Um, and the just sort of, you know, the homophobia that is rampant in the waters at the time. And I mean, I guess this is a 40 year old book, so I don't really need to not give spoilers, <laughs> but uh, they eventually get caught by a teacher at their school. Um, and in the process, it is also revealed that two of their teachers are in a queer relationship with one another. Um, and so there's a lot of falling out. Uh, there's a lot of like guilt and regret. And we never actually like see the breakup happen, but it's clear that they have sort of like broken up because of sort of being unable to process all of the like guilt and feelings around this. And then, but there's also a lot of processing that goes on sort of like through the telling of the story. Yeah, that's, that would be my summary of, of this book. Anything to add, Caddy? I would add absolutely nothing. Um, oh, no, actually, I lied. I would add that there is also a side story about a friend named Sally. Oh, yes. And uh, she runs a badass uh, ear piercing business at school. And then gets some sort of like weird fundamentalist Christian re-education. Um... <laughs> yes. So um, obviously, I'm really happy to hear you say that because um, clearly this book... Uh, you in 2021 almost 2022 you cannot take this book without its context um because um that would be really really a really painful read like you literally Mm -hmm. have to put yourself back into Degrassi like and just like like the OG Degrassi, maybe even Degrassi Park where they're little kids before they go to junior high like Mm -hmm. This is just such a product of its era. And in that sense, I kind of like it, right? 1982 is like HIV is like floating around. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about a huge, um, we're not talking pandemic yet, but we are talking like it's a thing that exists and homosexuality is still something that's very condemned and frowned upon, but more and more people are starting to try to embrace the, you know, that ideal of like, hey, it's the 80s, like, we're so much cooler than in the 60s, kind of, well, rad. <laughs> so yeah, so so there's this whole idea of like, I'm inclusive, I'm rad, I know people of color, uh, yay, I am okay with people who are queer. And there's interesting storylines about that. Like I, I thought that um, there's a whole thing with, uh, with Liza's dad, you know, who, who 
you know, hey, parents, woo-woo, who's like, who thinks he's very much that well-meaning liberal. Mm-hmm. And upon learning uh, of his his daughter's, I guess, like, getting caught in the sheet situation, um, you know, he's he, he really has to ask himself some questions. And I was really happy to see something like that in this story because we really feel like we're on the cusp of, like, people just being like, all right. Like, queers are people. Wow. They, you know, have hair sometimes or eyes or noses or anything else that would constitute in, like, making a person. Um, and that's that's pretty interesting. But we're still in an era where, like, the secrets, the big, everything is secretive. Everything must be hush-hush. And that's tough because in 2021, uh, the reality is that, like, there are legit bus stop ads for RuPaul's Drag Race Canada, which, like, made me tear up the first time I saw one, because, uh, like, I never thought that that would be, mm-hmm. you know, quite as popular and stuff. So so I wonder if a youth were to read this story today, would they be able to contextualize? I don't know. Yeah, I, like, I think that's, I think that is, like, the question. And I think, like, my my like condensed take on this book because I was thinking about it is like I think like was well deservedly a very impactful book and like at in its time and like a very important book for like the queer teens of the time to have and I think it like still probably has a lot of value today in terms of us being able to contextualize our history and also I mean straight people also being able to contextualize the history of queer people um potentially as well but definitely like that is the value that it has now is as like a piece of history um and like so like my my like even shorter version of this is like think it's a good book wish it wasn't the first queer book I ever read (laughs) Um, (laughs) you know like I was looking for like I was looking for queer romance and this is not, even though it is, like, it is billed by the internet as the first, like, novel in which lesbians get a happy ending, which technically they do, but, <laughs> but it is not, like, a nice, uplifting romance story. Which I guess could be a good way of describing lesbian relationships. <laughs> Um, I kid, of course. Um, please don't come for me. That was just a joke. Um, I agree with that, though. There is very much this idea that, like, you can get an all right ending, but you know that at this era, like, it's everything is so saccharine and so, like, disgustingly sweet that, like, you know, like, and I mean, yes, we are going to spoil this book throughout this podcast. Um, it's uh, If you haven't read it in the past 40 years, you're all right. Um, you know, it ends with this, like, oh, we're going to go catch up together, like, a couple of years later and, like, have coffee. And, you know, we're supposed to imagine that, like, the U-Haul is not too far behind. Mm-hmm. But honestly, like, I wish they had gotten the, the sickly sweet treatment period. Like, I feel like, you know, at the time, like, it really kind of gives you that impression that, like, what they were telling youth is, like, 
Once you are out of like high school, this establishment, this highly oppressive establishment called high school, mm-hmm. um, then, you know, you can figure yourself out and then retry things with the same people. And it should be all right. You know, like it should be all right. You'll never have full legitimacy. You will always just, you know, skirt on by and live secretively kind of thing and and I find that's really interesting because there's a it, like it's almost it draws a parallel with the with the teachers Miss uh, mm-hmm. Widmer and Miss Stevenson who uh, both teach at uh, the school that Liza attends and you know they are clearly like older lesbians who mm-hmm. you know live together in a house and uh, but like nothing can be known and once they're found out they are fired and and that's okay and kind of thing so there is this like mirroring that happens i find between like mm-hmm. the two teachers and liza and annie where yeah. like you get to see like how much better it is in 1982 but like it's still pretty shit but it's still pretty shit and like the the happy ending for the teachers is that they have enough saved that they can retire early and escape to the countryside where nobody knows that they're gay, presumably. Or they move like, to Fire Island, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, that is their happy ending. Is like, well, we don't actually need jobs anymore because we're old enough and we've got a nest egg saved, so it doesn't matter that we were fired. Um, and like, like that, is, that is the happy ending that they get. Happy ending. Um... The other thing that I was just thinking about when you were sort of retelling their part of the story is this book also explores that idea of, like, queers are okay as long as we can ignore them. (laughs) Because you get the, well, you get the idea that all of the teachers at the school kind of knew that they were a couple, but they could pretend it wasn't a thing. Um, And they were... They were willing to pretend that it didn't exist. But as soon as, like, there was, like, evidence, then um, then it is no longer acceptable. Uh, <laughs> straight people. Cis straight people. Get your shit together, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I think that something that really kind of hit me smack in the face while I was reading this was how these stories are still relevant. Oh, yeah. Like, there are still parts of North America, parts of Canada, parts of the U.S., parts of all over the world where, like, this is still very much a lived reality. Mm -hmm. And that's really kind of infuriating. Yeah, like, we're talking about this not being relevant for 2020 anymore, but, like, it's not relevant for us in 2020 in Montreal, but... There are places that, yeah, this is this is the environment that is still happening. Yeah. And, I mean, the reactions of, of the co-teachers, like the other teaching staff who are nameless, mm-hmm. um, you know, there is something really interesting about their, like, we know, we just don't know, no kind of type of reaction. You know, like, that reminds us also that we've always been around. <laughs> You know what yeah. I mean? Like that 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 really created this sense of like, yeah, well, we've always been around and some of us have been undeniable and un- <laughs> impossible mm-hmm. to ignore kind of thing. And 
and that's okay. Like, and this, this, Mm -hmm. I think that ultimately my big anger in this book is with religion. Fair. Because it is just, you know, like today, it's just used as like this weird blanket, like, under which conservatives can feel really cozy-wozy and just go like, well, it is bad because the Bible said. Mm-hmm. And it is bad because sin. And blah 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 And that stuff just kind of, it. I think it just solidifies my anarchy, my religious anarchy, I guess. <laughs> Fair. Like, I think, I think there's just, it, it really comes up as the enemy. It's Mm -hmm. the big enemy is the church. The rest, everyone else is kind of like, I'm all right with it. Like, as long as, like you said earlier, it's it's Mm -hmm. not making me uncomfortable or it's not in my face or whatever. But the general consensus is kind of like, all right, well, just whatever. Until church is brought in. Mm -hmm. And, And that's really kind of annoying. It's very upsetting. I just don't know how to reconcile that. Like, I think that it's really hard, even like, yeah, it's hard for me to even put myself back into a context like 1982. This was like me minus a couple of years, like almost. And, and that's a thing. Like, it's just, I'm like, man, we have come far, but we have not come far enough. I think I'm just frustrated. Mm -hmm. I think, I think this book just like triggered some like deeply held internalized, like, homophobia (laughs) fair yeah it's very yeah like this book definitely like brings things up yeah it's it's very i mean like the 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 religious stuff also like bothers me in like a probably a bit of a different register because like the way i mean it it bothers me i mean i'm sure it bothers you in a very wrong way as well but it bothers me in that like you're wrong in your interpretation of the bible also (laughs) booyah um because, I mean, do all of our listeners know this? Not all of our listeners necessarily know this. I'm training to be a gay pastor. Um, <laughs> and so... <laughs> um, like, I get really mad when people... When, this, when the teachers in this book throw Bible verses around. Because I'm like, you are interpreting those wrong, though. So fuck you. <laughs> mm. You're this a is... lazy and bad reader. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. Yes, berate people, do it. I love it. Um, I think it's. I think that's really interesting, and I, that was part of the things I was hoping, you know, the the to to hear you on, basically, because, you know, you are a person who works in faith. Yeah, <laughs> that is your sector. <laughs> um, and uh, I find I. Was, I'm also, yeah, like I said, uh, religiously a bit of an arnic- a bit of an anarchist, and mm-hmm. and just kind of ugh, complicated. Um, but uh, as someone who you know explores faith for a living, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, how does is there any way to like sit comfortably with this, like in terms of like looking how retrograde things are still in certain areas of the religious community? Yeah, I mean, that's, like, that's the question, right? Like, 
can we redeem these things that have been caught used to cause so much harm um my my personal answer i mean kind of obviously from the job that i have is like i think that we can um and and part of why i think that we can and also that we should is because whether or not those of us who don't believe in the hateful things that religion has been used to peddle give up religion, the people who are using it to peddle hateful things will not. So I can at least be a voice that is using the same texts and using the same thing to say, no, your interpretation is wrong. And like that is not um, like you, you are not right. And, and I will tell you that. And I will tell the world that, Mm. um, that's sort of where I come down on it. <laughs> that speaks um, to me. That's really beautiful, Bailey. Thank you. Yeah. Like, cause this is something that I wrestle with a lot is like, is it like worth holding on to these systems that have been used to do so much harm? And I mean, my, my response is really there. Like there's a lot of different parts to like my, my answer to that. But one of the big ones is like, these systems will still be used in those ways by people. And I think having them also be like reclaimed and like fighting against that from the inside, so to speak, is, is important to me, Mm. I think. Mm -hmm. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Thanks for fighting the good fight. Maybe let's talk about Liza and Annie a little bit. I feel like we jumped in on the adults because (laughs) they're assholes. Like, in a lot yeah. of YA novels, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's let's talk Liza. It's really hard for me to not just like do a Liza Minnelli impersonation every time <laughs> I say Liza. Uh, That's great. Oof, I can't. It's tough. Um, so Liza, she is like that. <laughs> I want to call her that girl. You know, like very smart. very much of a positive leader in her community very Mm -hmm. like you know looked up to by everyone blibbity bloop Mm -hmm. um she wants to become an architect and go to MIT which is so like such a cool aspiration and that made me really happy Liza's so complex because she has so many feelings so many feelings so many feelings like it is outstanding how in these letters you can just like she she really really is written like a 16 17 year old like a a, a, like almost done with high school kind of young person that just oof the spleen in her (laughs) do you know what I mean like it's really just like in French we talk about spleen a lot and it's this Mm -hmm. like you know like this 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 inner force slash rage slash wonder slash discomfort with everything I think we could just call it queerness um and it's really nice to see the exploration of her feelings mm-hmm. throughout the throughout the the novel yeah yeah the way that the story is told is very effective I think and very interesting like the way that it is told both in these flashbacks that are interspersed with Liza thinking about things and writing and crumpling up letters to Annie. 
<laughs> yes, this is true. Um, so Liza's just, she's just such a goody two-shoes, honestly. Yeah. Um, she, she truly is a goody two-shoes. And the, here's the thing, like, Annie comes in and, like, Annie is not any worse for the wear like in the sense that she's kind of a goody two-shoes as well like she's okay she wants to be a singer Ooh, mm -hmm. she has artistic tendencies watch out y'all um but the reality is that like I found this very sweet I found their meet cute and and all of that like I was like okay this is very sweet very very pink lots of pink and like flowery patterns I would yeah. say like that's that's sort of how I feel about it. Maybe I'll find better words, but yeah. The romance itself before everything gets bleak and homophobic and awful. I mean, like there's obviously an undercurrent of homophobia throughout, but like it's very sweet. And the whole like the sort of intense friendship that then they then sort of gradually like that is is written very beautifully and is very sweet and fun. And um, like, I think like, the thing that holds me back from enjoying it as much is like knowing that the other shoe is going to drop. Um, but, but it is, it is very sweet and very like charming and lovely. And she touched my hand and it was okay. And like everything was set a flutter and she looked at me, like this stuff is like, wow. Like it's wow. good. Yeah. Like, she gave, I gave her a ring, and then she gave me a ring that almost matched it. And then we both wore them forever. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's, it's very cute and gay. <laughs> it is very cute and gay, and uh, I think that's cool. I wish we knew a bit more about Annie. Um, yes. throughout this story. I think that because mm -hmm. it's, it, you know, it's a very one-sided story. It's all about Liza. Mm -hmm. Liza! Okay, I did it once. I'm good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we know so much about Liza and her musings and, and everything going on with her and her family. And I wish we knew more about Annie just to give her a bit more substance because she really just feels like, she feels like a, a memory. Yeah. I, I like, she's a little bit more developed than this, but, like, Annie has elements of being a manic pixie dream girl. Oh, yeah. One of the points of contention I have with this book is I wish that Annie was allowed to get angry. One of the things that I find extremely unsatisfying at the ending is that, like, Liza calls Annie after having ignored her for, like, five months, six months? Yep. Um... And, like, I'm, I'm on board with them getting back together, but, like, Annie needs to be righteously pissed off at her for a while. And, like, they need to work through that. Because, like, understandable reason to have a freak out, but still a shitty way to treat a person is, is how I am categorizing Liza's behavior. <laughs> Interesting. I like that. Yeah, that's, that tracks. There's, um... I think one thing that was fun about Liza, too, is that she questions her sexuality. And I think that, mm. um, you know, we get that a bit less these days. I think, like, uh, the authors are trying to be very affirming. Um, mm -hmm. But having a character literally, like, she literally, like, falls for Annie, then, like, falls out of Annie, then falls back into Annie and falls back out. And, mm -hmm. well... 
that makes sense. Like, and, and I also thought that Liza had big buy energy maybe. Um, Cause I was yeah. like, as a person who doesn't necessarily, yeah, who is attracted to people of different genders. Like, I think that there is that questioning of going like, oh, mm-hmm. this feels really right. Okay. Yes. Society may say it's wrong, but also like, there's a bit of a curiosity element and uh, perhaps a modern Liza would be like, well, maybe I would also like to hold hands with a boy that I meet or with like a person who is gender nonconforming or whatever. Um, and that could be an interesting avenue if this were to be reimagined, obviously. Mm-hmm. But other than that, Liza's just sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she is. She is a sweetheart. I love how she keeps buying plants for Annie and just, like, bringing Annie more plants. It's just very gay. It's very good and gay and cute. It's very good and gay and cute. Yeah, <laughs> big time. Um, okay, a couple of... Um, I read an interesting fact about Ooh. Annie on my mind. And um, so there were... In the 80s, I let me just find the year again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, we're good. We're good. We're good. Um, okay, so in... The early 90s, in 93, okay, Mm -hmm. there was an organization that uh, donated a bunch of copies of Annie on My Mind, along with uh, another book called All American Boys, to a bunch of schools in Kansas City. Cool. Um, Yeah, they were just doing the good, you know, community organization work. Um, And those books got burned. What year was this again? 93. Oof. Yeah. And that's wild. Like, the that's books really were, upsetting. yeah, it was a book that was, like, highly contested, and and it was removed from, like, certain, from libraries and different, like, school boards and things like that. And mm-hmm. that really kind of reminded me how, <laughs> how shit people are. Yeah. Which is my general MO, but... Um, yeah, I found it really interesting because I was like, part of me really wondered, did people even read the book? Like, there is so much, like, it's not that it, it doesn't fight against the puritanical culture. Is that pur- puritanical as English? Yes? Yeah, yeah. No, okay. you can say that in English. Thank you. Um, you know, there's there's something about, like, there's, n- <laughs> folks didn't read the book before burning it. Let's just no. put it that way, like, because this doesn't um, take away from uh, anything religious. There is no, like, there is no literal frowning upon uh, of religion in the book, you know, or very. No, the thing the book does, and, like, Nancy Garden actually explicitly, like, said that this is something she wants to do, is, like, tries to, and I think does a pretty good job of, like reframing queer people from being monsters to being people in love. Um, that's like something like explicitly that the book talks about. And that is what like homophobic conservative Christians are so afraid of. Yep. That's fair. That's fair. Folks, stop burning books. Okay. Uh. Can you just please stop doing that? Like if you don't like the book, that is okay. Do not pick up the book. That is it. Just leave it alone. Leave it there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. The violence of that gesture is outstanding, but also like it's dumb. Um Okay, mm-hmm. happier uh discovery yeah. around Annie on my mind. There's a playlist on Ooh. Spotify. <laughs> That's of, like, fun. Some 
pretty like it's literally called any on my mind and that's fun yes so i am going to recommend that everyone goes out and enjoys uh enjoys this playlist look it up on spotify it's real fun it's very like it's very cheesy it's just like the book that's very fun is it like mm-hmm. 80s music or like also contemporary music okay also contemporary music that's very fun yeah but otherwise um i was shocked to discover that this has not been turned into a movie not even like a, an after school movie yeah. or like because this would have been perfect content for this like an after-school special. Yep. Yeah. Um, but there was a radio play that was done, and I thought that that was probably pretty cool. But if we were to cast this movie with, like, forever people, okay? So, like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what era they were active stage folks, okay? Is there anyone that you would that you imagined while reading this story? I'm so bad at this game, unfortunately. No. I apologize. It's okay. Um, I don't think I had anyone, like, in my head. Like, Annie definitely needs to be someone very striking. Like, so I have, I have, like, a type in my head, but I don't know if I have a specific actress. I like a type. I like a type. Well, she's the very, she's very, like, big, dark eyes and, like, long black hair and, like, just, like, very dramatic-looking face. Mm, Um, Like a Zendaya, almost. Ooh, maybe, yeah. Add a bit of uh, cultural diversity. Yes. <laughs> floof in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. If we were going to like, yeah, like set this contemporarily or even not. Just yeah. add that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, that, it, it's that sort of like very like striking, like soulful mm-hmm. going to take another look. And like, like you just know that this person has an artist's soul also. Yes. Um, Yes. Okay, if I'm being honest, I actually yes. pictured um, Amanda Stenberg, uh, Rue from uh, the mm-hmm. Hunger Games, um, yes. along with Zendaya in these roles, because I was like, this would Ooh. be a really lovely biracial casting. Oh, that's fun. I could yeah. be really fun. And then I was Amanda thinking, Stenberg has the right vibe for Liza. Stern, uh, very powerful, uh, but also very dreamy like very yeah. very in her head yeah totally get that um, yeah and then i was hoping that like the older lesbian teachers could mm-hmm. basically be played by like a rotating cast of like everyone who's in the l word basically fair <laughs> i was like an alice would be great here um, most recently, a Rosie O'Donnell would be amazing in here. Mm. Um, I think that I think I think there's like we're getting to a point where we have enough older gays. Can you imagine Lily Tomlin could be one? <laughs> I love Lily Tomlin. I have a big crush on her. Fair. I, I have since I was like probably seven. <laughs> <laughs> Reasonable. Miss yeah. Russell, what can I say? Fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that's yeah. Great. I was just, I, I had a fun time just picturing, like, just the two teachers who end up being so supportive of, of 
you know, of Liza and Mm -hmm. who end up being her beacon of hope. Like, I was like, I really just want to see all the older lesbians. Oh, Queen Latifah was one of them as well in my head. Well, I mean, okay, so this book has zero cultural diversity. Yes. Let's just name it. I mean, Annie's Italian, don't forget. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) That's the cultural diversity we get. Because it's the 80s. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I feel like this reminded me how much like we need lesbian content. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wish that I had fallen on this book as a young adult. um, Because it would have given me just the opportunity to read about like two young women who meet and who develop that like it's a very typical it's very actually uh developmentally typical for uh young women to develop those like excessively strong bonds like these friendships that you know where you're not sure if it's a if if it's romantic or sexual or platonic and and all of that Mm -hmm. developmentally that's good. That's that's okay to happen. Um, but to, to then fall into that category of romance, oh man, that would have saved me many a bad poem. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things like that this book really underscores, I think, for me reading it, is like the the value and the importance and the gift of like queer community and like being because one of the big things that that this book just really makes me think about is like the isolation of being a queer person at that time and like how fortunate we are to be living in a world where like being the fact of like being allowed to live openly as queer like of of course in of itself is important but also being able to see other people doing that like the the plot with the teachers really made me think about um I grew up in a in my neighborhood was like an older gay couple uh, when I was a child. Um, But of course it was only when I was like in my teenager, in my teenagers, in like my late teens, early twenties, once they had both like, I think one of them had passed away and the other one had moved into like an old age home um, that I like realized that they had been a couple Mm. Um, because they were still in the closet the whole time. Like they, they had this story that they told about how, you know, one of them had, one of them was a widower and the other one was his um, late wife's brother. And that's why they lived together. And sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and it just makes me think of like how, how like beautiful and important it is that now like we actually get to see other queer people living their lives in the world. Um, and that is a gift that this book gives the characters is being able to find one another. Yes. Um, and being able to like connect with the teachers who are like their older role models. Yeah. All right. I'm going to say it. Baby gays, if you need an anti-gay, you have one in me. I think that uh, I'm also realizing that like I came out to myself very young, but I came out to like the public on an as needed basis. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. Um, but I'm also realizing how important it is to sort of embrace that aspect of old being an older, not old at all, like no. still quite young, but um, of being an older member of the queer community, which is, you know, mm-hmm. it's a community that is always centered around youth. And I think mm-hmm. that it's okay as older queers to kind of go like, hey, hey, come here, let me... 
let me let me impart some wisdom and at the same time please impart some wisdom on me um yeah and i think that that's that's the nice takeaway now is also that we can we can accept that we're in that you know kind of dialectic relationship with the with the young queers and they have things to teach us as well yeah always it's an interchange always bailey do you have anything to add on this book do you want my pettiest least important opinion on this book i'm upset that it has not come out (laughs) earlier so please the floor is yours my pettiest least important opinion on this book is that ka is not a nickname for Catherine. <laughs> that is not a realistic pet name that anybody would call somebody named Catherine. I am sorry. <laughs> I thought it was like a reference to like the Jungle Book. Oh, I maybe That's... I don't know the Jungle Book well enough. No, uh, but Ka in in the Jungle Book is a snake. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> who hypnotizes and like. <laughs> draws people in <laughs> um that's sort of what i thought and then uh, i didn't double think it but i agree with okay. you as someone with a uh, as someone who also owns a k name just the f- one syllable not good yeah not good. like and like k is right there k is a nickname for Catherine, and it is the same amount of syllables and it makes so much more sense it's the same amount of letters when written out <laughs> <laughs> I love how petty you got about that. It brings me so much joy. It made me very upset every time I read it because I would try to like pronounce it in my head and I was like, this doesn't make sense. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Do you have any petty opinions you would like to share? (laughs) No, I think I've shared them all so far. Just the grownups always suck everywhere and I wish there were people of color and um yeah yeah being italian oh being italian and poor like from the poor side of town is like kind of a shitty trope but like yeah there's some there's some problematic class stuff happening in this totally read through it diagonally anything else any other petty opinions no it was just that one i'm good (laughs) (laughs) all right then let's wrap this up Thanks for listening to Yeah. If you want to leave us feedback, suggest a book for us to read, or just say hi, send us an email at theyappodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram at yeahpodcast. And individually, I'm at thebalesosaurus. And you? I am at, at caddy underscore d. If you like the show and want to help us make it even better, please consider supporting us on Patreon. You can get all kinds of great perks, including early access to bonus content, shoutouts, guest appearances, and more. Head to patreon.com slash yapodcast to donate. Shout out to our patrons, Catherine Reshi, Kat McGuire, Lizzie Tenho, Chantal Thomas, Maddie Dever, Megan Jane, and Emmett Cameron. We have merch! Hit the merch link in the description of this episode to get some from the fine folks over at TeePublic. Yeah, get some. You can also support us for free by leaving a rating and review on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts, subscribing on Spotify, and by sharing this episode with a friend. Maybe someone who, like, is looking for some, like, deep lesbian campiness. Uh, Or to connect with their queer history. Yes. Special thanks to Great Bear for letting us use their song Jenny's Groove as our theme music. You can find their music for sale at greatbearmusic.bandcamp.com. 
This episode was produced by me, Caddy Diop, and edited by Tom Zalatni as part of the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at UpfordNetwork.com. Bye. 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 I'm Tom Zalatni, host and producer of the No Bad Food Podcast, a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Our mandate is simple, to explore, taste, and learn about food in ways that celebrate all the things that make it great. After all, there's no such thing as bad food. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts or right here on the Upford Network. On behalf of the Canadian people, welcome Welcome to to the the Game Game Great Podcast. Gay and Gray Montreal is a new social group for English-speaking gay elders from the 2S LGBTQIA plus communities. So it's a good way to at least connect with people. Members share their experiences, memories, and opinions on our podcast. Welcome to our community. I hope you feel well. I hope you feel accepted. And I hope that you can share anything that you want. This is some of my story. And I hope you enjoy it. Oh, I have a great story. (laughs) 